Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Here on the Lombardi line, some breaking news, of course. Uh, the Bucks and Heat, Michael, were scheduled to play, are scheduled to play uh, the fourth game of that series tomorrow. The Bucks right now are laying five. But we have some news being reported right now. Dante DiVincenzo is done for the postseason. A serious tendon injury, which is huge. A starter for that team played 37 minutes in game one, 23 in game two, and then just nine with no points scored yesterday. So maybe something started to add up there now. DiVincenzo's done for the season. Yeah, which was surprising. He played nine minutes the other night, and that's why we were talking about the beginning of the show was we were wondering why Forbes was in the court so much, you know, and obviously now we know. You know, DiVincenzo was 0 for 4 in the nine minutes that he played. I thought it was just based on performance, but obviously the tendon. This is going to hurt them. This is going to hurt their spacing Very much. a little bit. Yeah. You know, unless and, and Forbes can come in and play the way he did. I mean, he played 20 minutes, didn't turn the ball over. You know, was a plus a, a plus 10 on the court. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, there often lies opportunity. They've got enough depth in this team to really to make a run. There's no denying that. It all comes back to Giannis. Can he continue to play at this high? Look, there are three players. Holiday just gives them such great, great balance. I mean, think about this, Patrick. Holiday, Holiday. No, we don't talk about this enough. When he was on the court the other last night, the Miami Heat, he, excuse me, the Milwaukee Bucks were plus 41. When Giannis was on the court, they were plus four. They both played 33 and 34 minutes respectively. 
that just tells you how good Holiday had turned the ball over just two times, you know, dishes 12 assists, shoots 70% from the field. They gave up a lot, and people thought maybe they gave up too much, but he's a definite upgrade over Gordon. Uh, of course, defense. we traded him for Nolan Snowell. I mean, not that I'm bitter. You know? <laughs> not that, not, that, it's not still... that I'm bitter. No, not that I'm bitter. We traded him for the, you know, that pick for Nolan's Noel, or I think it was. Yeah, that's right. That's what we did. No, not that I'm bitter. You know, the thing that's interesting before we have to go to the five-minute break, but I'd like to make this point. My man, Will Hill, he's going down a trap so far. What's happening? I feel what so bad. Will? Well, he's got, you know, he's got the Sixers going to the finals. And, you know, he's sending me texts about how they're going to sweep. And he's got them sweeping the Wizards. And he's already counting on them sweeping the Hawks. Like, he's going all the way down. And I just know. I just feel so bad. You know, it's like when you, you know, when you put your little son on a bike and you know he's going to crash and bruise his knees. You feel bad, but you got to let him do it, right? That's my man, Will Hill. He's going to crash the bike. I know it. It's just going to happen. You know, and he's going to come crying to me with one of his texts, you know, outside of how he wants to handle the, the television rights on the TV. You know, the games are too late and all that. This will be a separate bitching session about, you know, you can't, you know, Simmons or about Tobias or something. So it's just going to happen. You're going to have to counsel him. I'm just telling you this story well, so I can help you count. So you could you could help me counsel him back. It reminds me. I got a reply. I, he, he texted me during my show last night. And of course, I, I, this, of won't, course. this won't surprise you. He said, I told Lombardi they would that, that Philly would win by 20-plus, and he called me an idiot. Uh, we're on the same page, so I got him 12-1 to 1 to win the East. And so, he was, you know, he was basically he was right in the flex that he called oh, he it. Said, yeah, he was oh, flexing. He was conf- oh, yeah, you know, it's like, look, you have not, you don't have enough scars over the 76ers in your lifetime to start talking to me and start sticking out your chest and telling me you know, like you don't you haven't lived through all the Boston series you haven't lived through You've going paid to your Portland I mean, we're up two love against Portland and gets and lose four in a row. I mean, come on, you know, and you expect me to buy that they're going to win by 20 against the team? Seriously. I'm scared. I need this from him. Let's see. I need. I definitely. I. I fully admit that I need 76 or therapy. I don't know if Betty Ford has it or if there's some other, but I know I admit that. I admit it. Yeah. He says you get on his case. He's going to need it, too. Well, He's going to need it, too. All I'm saying is I just don't want him coming to me for the therapy because I can't give it to him. Hey, I like when I like when Will starts feeling himself. He starts flexing yeah. a little bit, then you guys go back and forth about the 76er team, and it gets dramatic. He, sees, he sees way more in them than I do. <laughs> you're just you're sandbagging. You feel good about this team. No, don't not, lie. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't feel good. I, mean, I don't think they can beat Brooklyn. I think they can beat Milwaukee. Although the Holiday one is so good, but I think they can defend, especially with DiVincenzo out. That leads one less score, one less bell to answer there. I, I think that'd probably be right. I, I think they could do that. Yeah. I, I like them against. I like them against uh, against Milwaukee. I don't like them against the Nets because I don't think they can control Harden. Yeah, there you see it, the Eastern Conference odds and the big news today, DiVincenzo, who had a career year for the Bucks, he is out. This is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in on a Friday. Hope you're having a great day. Memorial Day weekend as we head into the long one. Got a ton to do, including we were just talking DiVincenzo, if you're just joining us, done for the season. And uh, he, a career year. I mean, he played a ton of minutes. You just mentioned with the spacing. I think that's an issue. Uh, So that's a big loss for them, if we're being fair. Um, It is. It it really is. Quickly, we were just discussing with Will about Will's bet on the 76ers to win the East. They're having no problems right now. With the Wiz, I, I don't know if you looked. Tomorrow, they 
play game three down in Chocolate City there at the Wiz. Do you have a number you'd like to guess? You know the 76ers are going to be laying a price. What are you laying? Uh, I would say probably seven. I think the Sixers will be favored by seven. Five and a half. So you're going to yeah, lay. So, you, so, you're, so you're bullish on your boys tomorrow. Well, I think a lot of that is. I said seven thinking Westbrook wasn't going to play. Is Westbrook? If Westbrook plays, then I think the five and a half is the right number. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I don't. I can't. Contrary. I don't know anything. I'm assuming that Westbrook He's isn't playing. Play. I don't know. You know. Yeah. And, and you know, but I, as I said, I did Philadelphia WIP today in the morning. I usually do it every every Friday morning with Angelo Cataldi and the, and and Rhea Hughes and Al Morganti and all of them there. And we, you know, and naturally we have to talk 76ers because that's what I love to talk about. And I think to me, these game threes, they determine from an executive standpoint how much mental toughness your team has. Because here's your chance. You know you're going to get their best punch. And you've got to take their best punch, and then you've got to be able to come back and dominate and really put them away. Because if you let them hang and linger, you know, then all of a sudden they'll gain some confidence. I think Milwaukee started that a game out. You know, right away they 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 said, "Hey, we're going to we're going to be able to do this right now. You're not going to beat us," and they did. And I think that's what Philly has to do. They have to take the will away early from Washington. And if they do that, that'll show me they have some mental toughness. And then to me, that'll give me a sense of confidence as they move forward. They need these kind of games to build that mental toughness muscle that we never talk about in professional sports. You know, it's the most critical component of winning championships. Yet it's never discussed. Never discussed. Foot on, who the, has throat, mental foot on the throat time. Uh, who has the mental toughness? It's like, okay, you could just see it. LeBron and, 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 uh, and the big Anthony Davis, you know, when they lost their first game, they didn't shoot well. You could see the mental toughness in their eye before they tipped that t- game off. They said, okay, enough is enough. We're going. We don't see that from the Clippers. You know, we don't see that. You know, even though Paul George says everything's okay, we haven't seen that yet from them. So we'll see what happens. But for me, I think as an executive, there are moments during a season that you've got to find out what your team's really made of, and that it helps you move forward. And you've got to have that ability. You must have that ability to be able to overcome adversity and be mentally tough to get through it. And that's what champions are made of. Yeah, you see the updated odds from BetMGM. Will they sweep? Will the 76ers sweep the Wiz? You can get even money right now, five games plus 180. So, of course, the favorite is just to get it done in four here. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, they should get it done in four. They're the better team. They have a better bench. They have more pieces. It's going to be interesting to see how Doc Rivers really works Maxie into this thing because Maxie has outplayed Shake Milton in the first two games. Milton and, and Kuzma have played most of the season, the first two guys off the bench. But this Maxie kid is really special, and he's been able to shoot from the three-point line with much uh, with better success than he did early in his career. I think he's shooting over 35% in the last 20 games. That makes a huge difference because he can get to the rim on anybody, and he can finish on anybody. He is truly a talented player. Like I said yesterday, he is everything that the 76ers thought Markel Fultz would have been. They got him at the 21st pick in the draft. So much for the process, by the way. Here's a guy who's probably going to be in an NBA All-Star game at some point, the way he plays, if he continues to develop, and they talk about him 
when you listen to some of the players, George Hill and other players talk about what a great kid he is, he's going to work his way to a certain level. And if he does that, you know, to get him at 21, it disproves all that, that theory of, well, you have to be bad to get good players. Thibault's, what, 20th pick in the draft. You have to be bad to get good players. No, you don't. It's just, it's mythology. It's just a, it's a myth that the media keeps writing about. You don't. You really don't. You just got to be able to pick players. Thibault's defense is unreal. It's unreal. It's, it's, unreal. it's, unreal. it's he, really unreal. Really, I mean, and that's what... He can play now. He can't shoot well enough. If he could just get a little bit, I mean, he's a better defender than Iguodala was early in his career. There's no denying that. Now, Iguodala had more skill offensively than he has, but he can get to the rim now, too. This kid can finish at the rim. You know, it's just that everybody, you know, they dare him to shoot the three. It's funny. WIP says, hey, "Come on and talk some Eagles." You're like Eagles. We're talking 76ers. I mean, well, they know. They know. They know. Yeah, I they have a hard time. They, but, they you know, know what you're getting. Yeah. Do you where are, do. where are you? Because I've heard some I've heard some slander against your boy Ben Simmons. Where are you, Lake? Uh, that was the conversation. No, I think this is really. I think this. Here's what I truly believe, and I, I think there's people have a perception of what they want the player to be, and when that perception doesn't meet the reality, then they think the player is not very good. Like I've never thought Simmons was bad. I've always thought he's really good, and I didn't care about his three-point shot. Like. I, I'm not trying to sound like Doc Rivers or any other coach who's coached him. I could care less if he takes a three. I could care less if he jumps, shoots. I want him to make free throws. He was 0 for 6 in the first game. That hurts. He's got to make his free throws. That's got to be critical. But his defense, his length, his matchup problems, and when he's aggressive like he was on Wednesday night of driving the ball to the rim, who's going to stop him? Mm-hmm. Who can stay in front of him? Nobody. No one can. And that, and that, like what Schroeder did the other night, that aggressiveness transcends itself into the team. And then the team plays better. So to me, all this nitpicking that Philly fans have about Ben Simmons, he doesn't shoot a jumper, he's not an elite player, he's not a max player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He is. I think he's all that. He can defend against everybody. He can switch out on anybody. He can go from one through five. Tell me five guys that can do that. Those are hard things to find. You know, and eventually he's going to have to just make those free throws because there was a point during the season he was getting much better at free throw shooting, and then he started to decline. If he can get that jump shot going, you know, and work at it, really work at it, I mean, there's no telling how great he can be. Yeah, I think that's the key. I don't care about the jumper outside. I I care about the – if he's hitting free throws, you're good. You're golden because he can drive to the rim, create contact, and be a force. The free throws would be concerning. Yeah, that's what bothers you. That's what bothers me about him. It's like, look, you got you can't go 0 for six in a in a tight game. You know, we we got Washington. We got them up by. We got we. They're gonna foul you, big boy. They're gonna foul you. You you can't do that. We're gonna have you're gonna have to make some shots. You're gonna have to go to the line and make them. And he was doing it earlier, but you know, I don't know if he works at it all the time or if he gets distracted. But I do know this. I think he's got rabbit ears. I think he listens a little bit too much to the media, because I think his aggressiveness in game two was reflective of what they said about. It. Here's a guy who gets 15 rebounds and 15 assists in the first game, and people think he played poorly. Come on, really? 15 assists and 15 rebounds? I mean, you know, and, and, and if he makes his free throws, he would have had double digits. He would have had triple-double, but unfortunately he doesn't. That's the concern. He's an Aussie. It's a little bit like, yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, when you're in a scouting meeting, and this is what happens with fans all the time. When you're in a scouting meeting discussing players, there's always four kinds of scouts, right? So there's the one scout who just grades the production. Well, Tobias Harris, you know, he averages 22. He shoots 78% from the field. All they talk about is the production, right? 
And then there's the other scout that just, you know, can't, he's just poor. He, you know, if you put him in the Pro Bowl, he couldn't find three players, right? He's just a poor scout, right? He can't find anything, right? You could put him there at the Pro Bowl and he doesn't like anybody, right? And then there's the, then there's the projection scout, the scout that sees town and projects him forward. But the one that I think Philly fans are most, are most like are the picker scout, the guy that pick on one thing. You know, he can't, he's stiff in his hips, or he can't shoot three-pointers. He can't shoot three-pointers. They don't watch his whole game. They don't see the whole entire game, how he affects winning, and what he does to shift the winning towards the favor of the 76ers. Could you imagine how many assists the kid would have if he had better shooters around him like he did this year? I mean, he should have 15 assists every night because he gets the ball to people with wide-open shots. And you are president of the Simmons fan club, and I like to see it. I like to see you standing up for the kid. Now I need well, some I names on some of those scouts. Give us names. Oh, there's, I could give you a thousand of them. I, you know, the best was we had a scout when I was in Cleveland. He wouldn't say a word. He wouldn't say a word the entire draft. Like leading up to that, we'd be in meetings for a month. He wouldn't say a word. He'd talk about his ostrich farm up in Oregon. Oh, he'd talk about this. He'd talk about that, right? You know, wouldn't say a word about a player. The day the draft's over, he comes in, he gets his notebook out, and he looks at all the players. And, yep, said that guy was going to go in the second. Said that guy was going to go in the third. I had that right. He was going, come on, get out of here. You had nothing right. You're over the draft. Get out of here. The, do, you, do you consider, I mentioned that, he, by the way, you're right, Westbrook questionable, but my assumption is that he's going to play. We shall see. Uh, he, I mean, he, tore, he sprained his ankle. I mean, it, you know, he stepped on, I think it was yep. Thibault's foot. So, he, and, and I think he re-injured it once he stepped on Thibault's foot. I agree. Foot. I mean, look, you know, look, you want him to shoot. What was he, like two for 12 the other night from the field? They couldn't make a shot outside. If you keep him away from the rim, he doesn't really, he can't really, hurt you as much. And now I got to dig a little bit deeper on. So, so I mentioned he's an Aussie. You should send him to train with your boy over in Australia with this team. Well, what's the team that you? It's interesting. For? Essendon. Essendon. So right. when I was in Australia two years ago, Ben was there. We were both there. He was in the locker room. He came in to see the game. Of course, he had a, a you know a, a legion of people around him. He had his posse with him there. I didn't run up to him like there. Oh, hi, Mr. Simmons. I'm a fan. You know, I just sat there in the background. But he's from Essendon, which is the area of where that team's from. Oh, he is from that area. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I think most of the people that, you know, when you become, whether you're a Carlton fan or whether you're a Collinwood fan or whether you're a Hawthorne fan, it's all relative to the area where you grow up. Yeah, that makes sense. So Adelaide, you, you know. All you needed to do was walk up with a signed copy of Gridiron Genius and say, hey, kid, here you go. Yeah, I don't think he was into reading. I think he was into being a celebrity. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, so be it. You guys, you, got know, that too. Look, you guys got that in common. I tell you what, he's a problem for Milwaukee. They don't match up. I, mean, cause I agree. Guard anybody. He's I a problem agree. for Milwaukee. You know, the, and he's, uh, look, their team is a problem because they're one of the few teams in the league. Not that I think they can get through the nets. I'm not talking here. But the Lakers, they can match the Lakers in size. They can match the Lakers' size. Yep. The, uh, yeah. Do you think Al Horford's still shooting on the other court? He might be. By the way, I meant to ask you that. Do you think he's still practicing on the other court for Oklahoma Thunder? He might be. (laughs) They they literally just shut him down because they didn't be too effective. I just wonder what Al Horford's doing. I wonder what he's doing right now. Is he shooting on that other court collecting $200 million? I don't know. 61% from the free throw line. Got to get better there. Uh, And he was getting closer to 70 this year. He was getting better. He was. But he tailed off. The, um, The Wiz... Right now, the 76ers are laying five and a half. You, I, you may want to get that number now as they continue to update 
Westbrook, who's listed as questionable, I think that number is going to go up. We'll talk to Josh here coming up just a little bit. I would imagine that number closes closer to six, six and a half. Six and a half is what my my projection would be. So there you have it. Five and a half feels like a pretty good price, to be honest with you, on the 76ers right now. Well, I mean, if they can, you know, if they come out with that mindset, I mean, they have to come out with the mindset in game two that they did, you know, which is, look, we're going to take the game to them. And then we got to be able to focus and concentrate. I think one of the things that always bothers me about Embiid is he just can't wait to celebrate. Like, just I like it, you know, when you were just to celebrate after the game. You know, take the Tim Duncan approach. You know, just keep working. Always something with your big boy. Always something, that's for sure. Um, okay, we'll transition quickly here, a little NFL. Our buddy Tua, and I'm just going to ask you, please, to refrain from saying anything negative here. Uh, I will not. Tua, I will promise you. Tua feels good this year, and I want you to take a listen to this. Here's Tua talking about this season. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We uh, I there we go. Didn't actually know the like the playbook necessarily really really good, and that's on no one else's fault, you know, but my fault. And they they our our play calls were simple when when I was in, you know, I didn't have alerts and checks. Um, whereas now, you know, feeling more comfortable, you know, I can kind of maneuver my way, you know, through through these things now. Oh, <laughs> what? So he's basically saying he wasn't prepared last year. It's not a good look. It's not a great look. Well, I mean, look, Chan Gailey lost his job. I mean, the interesting thing was hiring Chan Gailey. Like, I never understood that where that so came from. It was so weird at the time, even. It was weird. I mean, and you felt like it came from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, you know, and, and then they benched him. 
you know, look, I, I think more than what Tua can do, I think Tua's got to prove that, yes, the hip's healthy, that he has escape ability, that he can make throws from a tight window in the pocket, you know, and, and he could do the things where the game, the field doesn't feel small when he plays quarterback. That's really the most important thing. The field doesn't feel small when he's behind center. And he's got to be able to make you defend every blade of grass because the more tape the quarterbacks show defensive coaches in the National Football League, the more they get an idea about what parts of the field they have to really defend. Are we worried about the deep third? Are we worried about the hash marks? Are we worried about the seams? Are we worried about the crossers? What are we really, what, what are we really most worried about? And they adjust their defense accordingly to take those throws. I think that's where, you know, when you look at Tua, he wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. You know, he doesn't want to throw the ball down the field outside. He'll throw fades. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. You know, throwing 18-yard comebacks off of a five-step drop and banging it on the fifth step and throwing it out there into the tight window, that's what I'm talking about. Or throwing a deep in cut, you know, off of an indigo route where you clear somebody and then bring a guy inside into a tight window. That's what I'm talking about. Until he can do that, then I think it's going to be very problematic for him. Do you? Should we know anything as a better? You see nine and a half, the win total posted. Should we know anything as I like a better? Under here. You do. L- I like let's come under. back and discuss that. I, I just quickly want I to ask. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I just That's don't. I think, I think they've lost a lot of guys. I think it's going to be interesting to see. But I think they're just going to naturally grow. You know, I know we have to go, but but I no, I want to talk about. I want to follow up with you on that. That's interesting. Um, nine and a half does feel steep. You do have to uh, lay a price at minus one thirty on the under. I believe it was yeah. nine when we opened, so maybe it got bet yeah. up a little bit here. Uh, interesting. And I want to ask I you about it. the. I want to ask you about the co-offensive coordinators. Anything a better should know about a new offense there in Miami as well. We'll come back and continue the conversation. Tua said, "I didn't know the playbook really good. That's on me. Nobody but." Me. Me. Yeah, it is, big boy. That's on you. When we come back, we'll talk Dolphins heading into the 2021 season. Then Josh is going to join a little market update here on the Lombardi line. Presented by BetMGM here on a Friday. We're talking Dolphins. A win total C set at nine and a half. So, Michael, I wanted to ask you. We were just listening to Tua say that he didn't really know the uh, playbook last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Flores has been kind of up and down as far as what's as far as his offense. Now he's hired the two co-offensive coordinators, Godsey and uh, Studsville. I don't know them, so you'll have to help me with that. Is the question I have for you: If you're hiring, if you if you settle on two offensive coordinators, do you not have one? Well, I think what he did was he so he hired Studville. You know, Eric has been around the system. Godsey is a guy that was with Billy O'Brien. He was in New England originally. Went with Billy O'Brien when Billy O'Brien got the Penn State job. Then he went with him down to Houston or went with him just to Houston. Maybe he didn't make the Penn State trip. But they were really close friends. And, you know, Billy had to fire him because he was making changes on his offensive staff. But he kind of knows the New England system. 
And I think what you get with Eric is I think you get, you know, Studsville, you get a, a guy who's a leader, a commander, was the interim head coach in Denver after they fired Josh McDaniels. So he's got a good presence about him. And I think between the two of them, I think they can kind of come up with the right blend. The bigger issue for Miami to me is, and I think they made this mistake on draft day, you know, I think Waddle's a really good player. I think Devontae Parker could be a really good player. Will Fuller's going to miss the first uh, six games because of the, the, the suspension. But where's this offensive line? Like, I don't get this offensive line. Robert Hunt, your right tackle. You know, you drafted Lyon Metzenberg to be the starting guard at left guard. Austin Jackson, you paid a first-round pick for last year. Is he going to be physical enough to play? The center, you know, they signed off of Baltimore, who I didn't think played very well, Scora. So their offensive line, to me, is really a question mark. It's got a lot of young guys that they drafted. Hunt, they drafted in the second round in 20. Kinley, they drafted in the fourth round in 20. Uh, Dieter they drafted in, in the third round in 19, and Jackson they drafted. So they're going to have to be able to hit. This is going to be a really young offensive line with their draft choices, and those draft choices have to hit for them. And I think it's got to really come through. Now let's go to defense, right? So last year they signed a bunch of guys defensively and let them go. They're really going to miss a, a, a Gotchow, the kid that signed with New England. He was a physical mm -hmm. force inside. Hard to play, right? They're going to have to – Raekwon Davis is going to have to take over for them. Second-round pick of 20. They're counting on all their draft picks to come through. They've gotten very young, right? Now, they're going to have to prove that they can cover. They're going to have to prove that they can play in the back end. Last year they couldn't. You know, last year Byron Jones was a disaster. Xavier Howard doesn't see any reps because he's so good. They signed Justin Coleman, another player that played for Flores, played for Josh Boyer, the defense coordinator, in New England. Can, he, can they hold up when they play their man-to-man? -man? Who's going to put pressure on the passer? Is it going to be Andrew Van Ginkle? I mean, who's going to put the pressure on the passer without having a blitz? I think this is a team that will take a step back all the way around. I think the schedule gets tougher. I mean, look at that opening schedule now. Patriots, Bills, Raiders, Bucks. I mean, you know, you got five weeks in before you got to go to London and play the, the Jaguars. So it's not an easy schedule. I think nine and a half. I like the under there. I think that's why it's juiced. Wow, you were down. Do you, do you have the uh, the opener? I don't know if you had it in your notes. I thought they opened nine, so it, it looks like it got bet up. Now you do I have can't to get my no Yeah, I, I couldn't find it. mine either, but it's okay. I think I think it opened. Oh, I, I think they opened yeah, nine. I, I have it. Maybe I'm mistaken. Um, I think it got bumped up a half a game, and now you got to lay a dollar thirty on the under, which makes sense. But I mean, nine and a half is lofty. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, nine and nine and a half is. But let's see here. Miami was nine. They opened it. Oh, nine. they did. You're okay, right. okay. They um, opened at nine. It went to nine. It went to the three. Four teams opened at nine. New Orleans, New England, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins all opened at nine. Nine and a half is a big number for this team. I, I think that's, it is. That's a big ask for that quarterback. It'll come back. It'll come back down to nine. It'll I come agree. back down. Because, look, I, I don't see how Tua can carry them. I don't see Tua can win 10 games. Can Tua make throws against all these teams? And let's just look at the schedule late in the year when wind is going to be – I mean, look at it back in the Buffalo game. That ball was floating. They were – you know, that, 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 that was a puddle jumping float up there in Buffalo. He couldn't drive that ball anywhere. Yeah, let's just say you're on – Let's say you're on nine wins. You need you need ten. You obviously you bet over the nine and a half, and you're going into week sixteen at Saints, at Titans, home versus the Patriots. You'd be sweating those last three. Well, I mean, at least you get good weather in New Orleans, and you got to think it's not going to be too bad in New Orleans. The, the schedule makers did them a great favor because if you would flip them, I mean, they would. New England would have preferred to flip those games, play in Miami to start, and play at in in in, in New England to end. 
Great analysis of the Dolphins and their offensive line troubles as they mix it up again. I always con- does it concern no, you that it's in- troubles? It's troubles in this sense. It's the unknown. We don't know how good these draft picks are. I'm sure Chris Greer's sitting in his office if he's listening to this saying Lombardi doesn't know how good these guys are. And he may be right. He may be right. But I'm not sure he's right. I'm going to have to see it in the preseason tape because they're going to have to play in the preseason. They're just not going to walk out there as 20 as 20 picks because, remember, last year there was no reps. Let's hope Tua knows the playbook this year. Josh Applebaum joins us. Mr. Baseball's in the house as well as we continue on a Friday's Lombardi line. season in full swing so it's the perfect time to work on cash and tickets we got our very own mr baseball here michael lombardi our visa experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet including live odds and analysis for every game let's go to vcin.com baseball and our daily members only best bet emails which come every day to your email inbox now is the time to start your free trial take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season vcin.com subscribe we're going to Welcome, Josh, here in a second. I just wanted to note, I did see uh, some yeah. reports coming out that um, I guess your yeah. buddy Mac Jones is very much impressing the Patriots uh, here at the little OTAs. Have you heard anything about that? You know, I have not heard anything because, I mean, like I said the other day, you know, OTAs and impressing, you know, what does that yeah, actually what does it mean? mean? What does it mean? Everybody looks great. You know, I mean, even Tim Tebow looks great. I mean, we did the worldwide leaders got clips of him blocking coming out of the block. I mean, I watched it and I said to myself, <laughs> that looks horrible. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want oh, that. Oh, it ever did? Off. It looked you know, bad? Well, I mean, you know, so he separates and he catches a pass. Like, like seriously, it's against a bag. Yeah. Anyway, all right, right. we'll get to that in yeah, a minute. We'll, get to, we'll that. get to that in a minute. But, I mean, look, Mac Jones is a smart guy. I think one thing that, that, that I would say is, He's probably more athletic than I thought he was based on looking at his body. And I think that that's the case. I think that's the one thing I've heard is he's got a better skill yeah, he can move. as an athlete. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, then, I, 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 I've heard that too. And you, 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 when you go back and watch Alabama, you're like, oh, he can scoot a little bit. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that to you. Josh Applebaum joins now. Market Insights is the podcast. You can find our podcast, vcin.com slash podcast. As we say hi to Josh on a Friday, you know, he's in a good mood, uh, newly engaged. <laughs> the, Michael and I were debating. Uh, now this is going to be a little touchy. Are you going to make me or Michael the best man at your wedding? Oh, this is tough, guys. I think I'm gonna have co-best men, two of you, and then no, Steph's this isn't the, the this wedding, isn't the so, Dolphins' yeah. offense. Okay, we're not doing we're co-offensive see coordinators. Where, we're to see where, where the steam comes in. You know, where the <laughs> yeah. steam comes. Okay, you know? I'm gonna have you both. I mean, You're both gonna look, write I a think speech, Will Hill. Like, yeah. I think Will Hill's a sleeper. I'd like lay with some odds on Will Hill. I mean, there might be some steam on Will Hill. Don't count that. And Thomas, and Thomas, Thomas Gable's going to get odds. Hey, we, yeah, we'll, we'll have mean, the flower boys at your wedding. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could have a whole board of this. We could go eight to one, seven to one. I mean, you know, I, I love it. And I, we, we, Berman and I, we have our own way we play odds. There's certain, you know, about certain things that you can get odds on. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. Benedict Applebaum, if it's not me, there's going to be some issues, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, welcome well, in. Hey, 
Bill Berman's already got his tux, and also uh, TG's going to be justice of the peace. No, but, no right Berman's going to be the one that marries you. I, 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 I don't <laughs> yeah. even know, but I guarantee you Berman's married people in the past. Uh, well, he thinks he's the mayor. There's no doubt. But I would also <laughs> think it would be really prudent on your part, Josh, to have him as the social director of the event yes. afterwards because Ooh. that would probably be the right move for him. He could handle that yeah. with complete dexterity. Yeah, he's tremendous. The plum, no <laughs> doubt. Okay, Josh. Well, welcome uh, there, big guy. A little market report. Let's get a market update as we say hi. Yeah, market update, guys. Just real quick from yesterday before we turn our attention, because I think uh, to today's games, but a couple things to take away from yesterday's games. Number one, we talked about Bucks Heat and uh, the under in that game. To me, that's what really jumped out to me, the fact that that thing was like 227 all the way to 224 and a half. Sometimes you worry, has it moved too much? Are you getting the worst of the number? That thing cruised under pretty easily. Big takeaway for the Lakers game. Remember we talked about how, how do you not take the points with the Suns in that spot, yet the Lakers pretty much had liability the whole time, six and a half, touch seven, touch seven, close six and a half, but never got down to six. Lakers end up rolling there. But I think the biggest one from yesterday, guys, and Michael, you nailed this one, the Denver Nuggets, because the Nuggets really came up huge for uh, analytic-based betters, because really, really what you liked about the Nuggets there, guys, is that line freeze with a reverse move kind of a little bit to the Nuggets because that was a heavily bet spot with the Blazers at home, yet the Blazers opened four, never got to four and a half, either stayed four or got down to three and a half. So reading between the lines, you had some movement there, uh, there toward the Nuggets. So a couple, couple of the spots there uh, that, that you can take from last, last night's games, hopefully apply moving forward. Uh, but, Michael, let me throw this one at you, the Knicks and the Hawks for game one. This is intriguing for a couple of reasons. Uh, this game is – the series is tied 1-1, now going to Atlanta. You saw Atlanta uh, take the first game as a dog. Knicks bounce back, covered at MSG. But what I'm seeing here, guys, is kind of a similar thing to what we saw with the Nuggets applying to the Knicks here because a lot of these books open Hawks minus 4.5. At one point, they got down to 4. Yeah, I saw today they ticked up back to 4.5, even got to 5. But when it got to 5 – you had a lot of Knicks plus five money come in, bring it back down to four and a half. And now you're kind of in that four and a half, five zone, but you're starting to see some buyback here on the Knicks. I'm waiting to see if the Hawks become kind of more of a popular play as we get uh, later in the day. But also, Michael, uh, what's your take on this total? Because it opened 211, it's kind of stayed where it's at. The unders 2 and 0 this series, but you're getting a bit of a deflated number. Those first two totals that went under, 213 and 214. Odds makers dropped it to 211. Public still going under. Um, and I'm looking to see if any juice is, is kind of leaning over here. It's kind of even right now. But, Michael, what do you think? Any lean to the Knicks and the points? Any take on that total here? Well, you know, this is the first game of the uh, in this year that the Hawks have been favored against the Knicks, which Knicks, which is remarkable, right? And at State Farm Arena, the Hawks average 115 points a game. You know, and they typically play well there. They have a somewhat of a since Nate McMillan's taken over the team. So, do we think the Knicks can score? You know, say they score their 115 average. Do we think the Knicks can score 94? You know, could the Knicks score that? You know, that's that. You know, can they do that? You know, can they can they get you over on that point? I think that's the question. Will they get? Will the Knicks give up 115? I don't think so. I think the Knicks know it's all about pace, and I think they're holding them to 35 points in the second half. Now, what I will say why I like the Hawks here is because I don't think Gallinari and Lou Williams are going to shoot a combined three for 16 from the field when they play this tonight. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I'm not sure as much as I think Derrick Rose is a tremendous talent, and he is really unbelievable. I don't know if he's got two games in a row like he had the last game. 
I think the tank is a little empty because of injuries, not because of, of age or anything like that. I just think the injuries have taken a toll on them. That's what worries me so much about the play in the Knicks in the game. Yeah, I'm frustrated with how much I like the Hawks tonight, Josh. We had Will on. He likes the Hawks. Michael likes the Hawks. I don't know if you are leaning that way. You're, you're shaking your head, but sometimes you do that just to be nice to me. <laughs> Well, I would say this, Patrick, don't worry. This isn't a well, actually, Steve well, Urkel actually. one for me. Yeah, I'm not going to go there on you. But I would say, guys, of all the three games tonight, this is the hardest one for me to have a take on because it's really been back and forth. I think you may have some conflicting opinions here. The fact that it was four and a half down to four early on, you said, okay, maybe some Knicks money coming in. But now we're seeing some lines at five, four and a half. So I think depending on your spot, if you got the Hawks at four, you're feeling good about that. If you're on the Knicks, I would hold out for a five. Here's the other thing, looking at the series price. Hawks minus 140 to win the series. Knicks plus 115. Hawks are in the driver's seat a little bit here. All right, we'll get to your other two, which are easier, so they're guaranteed winners. And then also, Mr. Baseball's come to play today. We'll get a couple of baseball plays from the boys as well as we today. continue. Dang it, I forgot. Did you, I forgot did you bring garage. the catcher's mitt? I forgot it. I Damn got, I it. it. I was cleaning the garage yesterday. Tomorrow, too. I tomorrow for Damn the weekend it. show. All right, All right. we continue. All right, Lombardi line, Josh is smiling. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
may not get style points for home runs, but you can as a better at BetMGM. Turn $1 into 100 You see it. Dodgers or Giants tonight hit a home run. You're going to win $100 paid for in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VSIN100 and download the BetMGM app as well. Must be 21 years or older. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia if you have a gambling problem. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Tennessee, call or text Redline 800-889-9789. We welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. I think what one of the things Josh has been very good at as far as educating and edifying the better is make sure you pay attention to referees, uh, the home plate umpire when talking baseball. And, Michael, you saw this. Uh, Josh sent this to us, CP3. Uh, he said, 11 in a row, that's tough. All right. What was he talking about? He was talking about CP3 on his team's losing 11 straight playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. He's been he's been a bit of a buzzword, but Scott Foster, Josh, and uh, he struck again with CP3. He really did, Patrick. And again, we have fun with it. But uh, what I look for is extremes, especially talking umpires and referees. And really, Scott Foster, he, he he's applies as an extreme type better uh, or an extreme type uh, kind of lean because he's been really good to road teams. Ironically, you know, it didn't happen there with CP3, but especially with overs that didn't happen either. So maybe last night wasn't a perfect example. But what I look for, again, you know, referees and, and umpires. They're not a reason you should bet a game. They're not the only reason. But if everything lines up correctly and in the, in the, in kind of the way that you're looking at it, plus you get a cherry on top, that's the way that I look at these refs and their tendencies. So, again, if you're a great ref, you're down the middle. But uh, sometimes you do have these tendencies. We're human after all. So, Scott Foster, a guy who's notorious within the league, you can see sometimes he even gets in the heads of the players. Michael, was there a guy in the NFL where when he was just officiating a game, you look down you're like, oh, not him again. <laughs> Oh, there's a few of them. I mean, you know, you sit there and think about it because they, they feel like they came to referee. They came for people to watch them. It's about them. Like for some, yeah. yeah, it was about them. They wanted to make their mark on the game, you know, and and there were certain guys that you just felt like they were they were taking over the game with their calls. And it necessarily wasn't always the head referee. It was, you know, I mean, Carl Pagnolani, the, the guy, he's still in the league. He's an umpire. I mean, he called tripping on Frank Middleton. That really is the reason why we had to play in the tuck game. And we throw a touchdown pass to Jerry Rice to beat the Denver Broncos, and he calls tripping because he says that Frank Middleton was engaged. Not that I remember, but this is what he says, you know. And it was one of the worst calls. I saw him two years after the call, and he still thinks it's a good call. And I'm like, how could you even think that was a good call? Like, how could you even think? You cost me a year of Fordham with that stupid call. <laughs> not, that you, not that you're bitter. No, I'm not bitter at all. You, know? yeah, you should be. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, like, look, it's, you know, they, they misspotted the ball on Vinatieri's kick. You know, people don't realize that. They miss, I mean, Jerry Thornton from Barstool, I think he talked about it. I mean, that when, when Vinatieri's field goal went through, I mean, they had misspotted the ball. And it goes through by two yards when he hit that one iron that went in there. You know, and, and nobody says a word because, you know, the NFL's got a great cover-up policy on to when referees make mistakes. There it is. I'm glad I asked. He's like, oh, thanks for asking. He went off, but I would be bitter if I were you. Some of that is, you're I right, mean, sometimes you know, the just, officials, Joe just, West, they, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's just, I mean, we used to get Larry Numbers every time we played Kansas City, and Larry Numbers was from Springfield, Ohio, Springfield, Missouri, and, and Mr. Davis would call me on the phone, is, is Larry Numbers doing this game? And I'd say, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Why? 
why? Why did you let that happen? Like, like I have no say over no Mike control. Pereira. <laughs> yeah, like I have no say over Mike Pereira. And I tell Pereira, Pereira said, "Oh, I didn't realize he's from. Sp- how did you not realize? Like seriously, <laughs> you know, like how did you not? You know." And of course, we would never get a good call. But I mean, I was never one that always thought the refs were out to get us. But there were certain calls that you just like, where'd that flag come from? And the Pagnelli call was just horrendous. I mean, Middleton's blocking a guy, and the guy runs into him. Calls tripping. Come on. Art said he stuck his hip out. I mean, really. Gannon throws the touchdown passes. You know, in fact, when I see Rich is down this Memorial Day weekend, when I see him, we're gonna we're gonna reminisce about that call. <laughs> Wait, he hangs out in Ocean City with you? He has a house here too. Yeah, he sure does. He has a house down on on 20th down on the beach. Yep, sure does. Luminary. Comes every summer. L- 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 yeah. uh, you know what? I think it is. And Josh or Michael, correct me. Isn't it the NFL, the officials? They're independent contractors, whereas baseball, yeah. they're salaried employees. It's it's interesting how they can same in the NBA though. I mean, if you listen to if you listen to Whistleblower podcast, and I urge everybody to do it, you'll hear Scott Foster in there. So what Josh is talking about just doesn't apply to Chris Paul. I mean, this is it's it's remarkable yep. that that Foster has remained an official as a referee in the NBA. After you listen to that podcast, after you listen to Tim Livingston go over, and this isn't him just throwing stuff out there. And so, you know, there has to be some integrity within the, and, you know, you wonder where it is. And he thinks people come to watch him referee. But, you know, Chris Paul probably felt like going into that game, there's no way. And, and, and I think as us as betters on a betting network, you know, what Chris Paul knew before the game is what we tried to tell you before the game. That's why that line was going up. He knew it wasn't going to work out for him. He's seen too many times that Scott Foster has been against him, and he knew it. And I think that you say, well, the fixed in? Well, I'm not saying it's in, but it seems when you get 11 straight times, you don't get a call, you know? I mean, it's like Larry Brown would talk about Bennett Salvatore. I mean, he was just like, oh, there's no way we can win this game. Well, it's like what management was telling me about Josh Applebaum. They call him the Scott Foster of Vison because he's more. Josh is more concerned about his hair, like Scott Foster, than oh, yeah. he is about the program. <laughs> let's uh, let's continue. I don't know. You've got to be down on your Boston Celtics, and I know the betting public is because it looks like that number's jumped up to eight off the opener of seven. Josh. Yeah, Patrick, Michael, this one is crazy. This is the most lopsided play you've seen in a very long time. So on the one hand, uh, this is a massively uh, popular play toward the Nets. How can you blame the public here? Nets have won and covered both games as a favorite. So it's kind of just, you know, winch, rinse, wash, repeat, do the same thing here with the Nets. You did have some early money come in on the Nets respected because I think, you know, when this opened at minus six and a half, I think a lot of sharps were salivating to as the second this thing opened, lay the six and a half. But it's gotten all the way up to uh, eight. It even got to eight and a half. What's intriguing now, guys, is at eight and a half, you had a little buyback. That may may have been Kemba Walker because he was questionable. He's now upgraded a probable here. But the way this thing is trending, again, you would have liked to get the Nets a little bit earlier. But this is like 90% of bets on the Nets here. And this would match Celtics' inflated line. So if you can find an eight and a half with the Celtics and you have the stones to go Celtics, this is one of those plays where you think it's got no shot. Nets may end up rolling in this one. But as a contrarian, this is kind of one of those plays that you kind of got to make even though you feel terrible about it. But if you hold out for an eight and a half, to me, that's what I look for. Also coming home here, there's a lot of Kyrie and Boston type rumors swirling, obviously with uh, the comments about the racism. So for more than one reason, I think it's going to be a really heavily bet popular play tonight. Yet you're kind of seeing that eight and a half down to eight. Also, guys, a little bit of money on the under here. It opened 228 down to 227. And these this spot here, these super high totals, 225 and a half or more to the under are 55%. So, Michael, what do you think? Is it just don't think about it too much, lay the points of the Nets, they're much better? Do the Celtics put up a fight tonight? What do you think? 
All right. The last time the Celtics won, August 5th, 2020, they won 149 to 115. They beat Brooklyn. Okay. They play Christmas Day. Brooklyn wins 123.95. They play March 11th. Brooklyn wins 121-109. They play April 23rd. Brooklyn wins 109-104. They play May 22nd. Brooklyn wins 104-93. They play May 25th. Brooklyn wins 130-108. If you feel compelled to go the contrarian way based on what I just said to you, feel free to do it, Josh. You're not taking me in that boat with you. Past performance predicts future achievement. Like, there's just not – I mean, look, when they beat them back in – August the 5th, when they were in the bubble, I get that. You know, I get that one. But the reality of it is, is when has Boston covered a line? I mean, the last, they didn't cover the line when they, when they lost 109 to 104. That line was only three and a half. When they, when they lost by when the 121 to 109, that line was two and a half. So, like, tell me why I have any confidence that, you know, they were favored, they were favored against them on Christmas Day. They were favored yeah, I... against them on Christmas Day. Yeah, and they lost bomb. by and they lost 123 to 95. I mean, I, I just think you got to be smarter than just saying. And you may be right. You may be right, and that's contrarian. I just don't think that's smart. I think that's just like, look, stay away, stay away. If you feel the urge to bet it contrarian, that's one thing. But to me, if you lose your money, you're going to hate yourself for it. You're going to hate <laughs> yourself for it. If you win, you're going to feel really lucky. I'm with you, Michael. And do, do I have confidence here in the Celtics? Nope, not really. But this, this is a, a situational play for me. Just the fact that uh, it's very rare in a lopsided, heavily bet primetime game, 90% of bets or more on one side. Uh, again, inflated line where if th this thing opened, so when the odds makers open the six and a half, they're telling you they expected a lower scoring game here. This was a shorter spread than the first two games. But I'm with you, Michael. This is one of those plays that is really kind of the ultimate hazmat play. But to me, if you're only getting about 20% of bets, you're at home. You're down 0-2 situationally, especially with an inflated number six and a half. Now you can get an eight and a half. That's appealing, even though I agree with you. This thing looks disgusting. But 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 here though, Josh, here's what I would say to you: of those 26 percent of the money coming, the tickets, 57 percent of the money is on Boston. 57 percent. Yet the line is moving to Brooklyn. See, I think this is like you got to be really careful here. I get contrarian. I get all that. But when the ticket counts low and the money counts high and the numbers still moving to Brooklyn, where's all your sharp money? Where's that coming in now? It tells me I, the sharp money's coming in on Brooklyn. I agree. And I think, Michael, that, but that sharp money mostly was like the six and a half, seven marker. Now you're up to eight, eight and a half. To me, that might be a case of the, it's so overwhelmingly public to the to the Nets tonight that maybe that's why you're not seeing it come back. Although the eight and a half down to eight was notable. It got to eight and a half, came back down. I would hold out for eight and a half. That's really the only way I'm playing the Celtics tonight. But that under, if you're worried about this spot, uh, that under did fall 228 to 227. Okay, I've got 40 seconds. I want to pick from both of you. Clippers, Mavs, Clippers are laying two and a half. Josh, what do you got? I'm going to money line the Clippers here tonight, guys. This reminds me a lot of the Milwaukee Bucks play last night. Kind of like a minus one opener, up to minus one and a half, up to minus two and a half. Short favorites, five or less, nine and five ATS this playoffs. This is do or die here for the Clips. I'm going to go money line in this spot. Michael, uh, you got to take Clippers here. Fear does the work of reason. They're fearful they're going to lose. I think they got to play well. I wish I could pull like a Winston Churchill quote to sound smart to end the show, but I can't. So, good job, Michael. Enjoy your tomorrow Friday. Morning we'll be here. He will be here we'll tomorrow morning, bright yeah. and early. You two, Smiley in the middle. Market Insights, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, Thanks, there guys. Goes, there goes the boys. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. The Nuts coming up next.
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.